to the oh. Popcorn Brothers. <laughs> I'm Eli. I'm Isaac. And we're here to talk to you about movies. I really didn't know that you were we about to start it. We bring it on every week. We do our best. Uh, yeah, how are you this week, Isaac? Well, good now that I know that we're recording this thing. <laughs> Isaac, uh, I, I dropped the dropped the bomb on him here he's texting he just Are you started texting? it i'm trying to pull up the wikipedia article <laughs> for the movie we literally we watched this movie less than 20 minutes ago and isaac i still to have to wikipedia describe article. the plot to people <laughs> you just watched it i know we, it's fine it'll be fun we'll get through it uh yeah so what have you been up I to this week isaac mm, <laughs> i don't know he doesn't we know. Oh, did we record that last one after we went to Disney World? I'm still yeah, trying to pull out yeah, the Disney World about, excuse. Dude, we talked about Disney World so much. Yeah, there's no excuses left. I'm trying to pull that out. Oh, um, it was Mother's Day weekend. It was we had a Mother's lovely weekend, weekend with our mother. It was sick. I had a nice weekend with my friend's mom and aunt, who nice. I like to hang out with. Spreading and the Mother's Day love around Oh, yeah, to, all to lots of people. Yeah, yeah. if you're a mother out there, we didn't tell you, but happy Mother's Day. I think we told all the, a lot of the people that we... No, I mean to anyone listening. Oh, right to anyone. Now, if they are a mother, belated, yeah. But <laughs> happy Mother's Day. Yeah, so we got our bases covered now, no yes. matter what. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. Okay, yeah. Um. So. And then I don't even know what else at this point. Thanks for asking. My week was great, too. <laughs> 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 I it's so okay. Like I uh, we're going to break the fourth wall a little bit. It's so hard to remember when we recorded these and when like and stuff like that because we've been just like off of the schedule. When I when we did it on a schedule yeah. which we were really good yeah. at for a long time, then just like life happened, which is fine because this is not our real job. If anybody yeah, wants true. to donate money to make this our real <laughs> job, we're in we're in for that. Like we'll do it. Yeah, but just it, got it's, busy. Just yeah, and so bit, so it's tough. To yeah, get exactly. So it's so then when we actually record, I mean, we see each other more than when we record. So it's hard to well, tell I mean, when the last if you the watch last survivor. So like, well, and but this isn't even Wednesday. It's Tuesday. So <laughs> so you'll be back here tomorrow. <laughs> and you we used to record on Sundays, and yeah. so it's just it's a little confusing to me. It puts me <laughs> off. It confuses me. So sorry about it. It's all good. Well, um, I'm ready to jump into this. If you're ready to jump into this, we haven't even told yeah, you what it's go. about. So I'll I'll preface this episode really quick. So first, we'll, we'll start off. We're back to we're back to the normal episodes. Yeah, I we guess. can have we can put everything this in is an the episode. episode. <laughs> um, yeah, we have all of our pieces. So I'll get to play all of our. Now fancy that we're done with again. well, yeah, yeah, and we're done with the Marvel. Oh yeah, Marvel is done. It's done and gone. We're not if going you didn't back. listen. We we're, we're we not. we we're didn't done. really plug them very well. <laughs> we didn't promote them very well. So if you haven't, if somehow you're I mean, listening to this and you did anything that well, not especially, but certainly not those last couple of Marvel <laughs> episodes. So if you haven't listened to those, go back listen to them. They're really fun. They're really cool. Uh, yeah. I, they converted me into a Marvel fan when I was not a superhero movie fan before. We talked about Infinity War, which is a popular cultural topic currently. Yeah, if you haven't seen it, you're and probably not going to go see it. So you might as well listen to us talk about it because it's a good. I think it's a good overview. Well, a good honest overview. Almost everybody has seen it, so just listen to us talk I about it. I actually know a bunch of people that haven't seen it, which is crazy to me. That's extremely strange because yeah, it's now strange. it's like the it's fifth late. most like popular movie of all time in terms of money that yeah, it's made. Box office opening weekend is what you mean, right? Opening weekend, current tally, everything oh, already. Dang. It's been huge, Crazy. but that's because movie prices have been inflated so high in the last however many years. So yeah, wild. All right. Well, 
yeah, go back and listen to our entire Marvel series. We've got five episodes devoted to what we call the five mainline Marvel movies, even though there's a little bit of here and there and all over the place with that We talk about thing. a couple so other ones, yeah. we bring in everything that you would need to know. So it's a racket. It's a good time. Go check it out. But on to this week. This week we have, starting with this week at the movies... I saw Bad Samaritan. What did you see, Isaac? I didn't see anything. Okay, we'll talk about Bad Samaritan, I guess. Yeah, um, that's fine. That's fine. We'll do that quick. I might have something to present next time. Okay, Maybe. okay, we'll that's good. Um, I'm trying to think. I might have saw something else that was interesting. Not at the movies, did you? I mean, just on TV. I can't remember. Oh, I, I was watching. I will tell you that I was yesterday watching... See, you go back and watch old things in your spare time. I have lots of current television shows that, like, I, at any given time, I have at least three TV shows that I'm watching, like, week in, week out. Yeah. And that's a t- completely different podcast, so I won't delve into that. So it's kind of funny because I could talk about the TV shows that I watch mm-hmm. all the time. But I was watching yesterday. There's this comedian. Her name is Ali Wong. Mm-hmm. She has a new Netflix special. She's the Cobra. She has the yeah. Did you watch that I've one? I've seen some of it. I've never watched a whole stand-up. Yeah, her first one was Baby Cobra. Yeah. I think she's on American Housewife, which is on ABC, which I don't watch the show, but I think she's like a side character on there. And then she has a new Netflix special that just dropped, I think, yesterday, and I just started watching it yesterday. I think she's so funny, super hilarious. It's kind of, the comedy is very, like, millennials have kids. The first one, in Baby Cobra, she talked a lot about how she got her husband and then how they, like, got pregnant. She and was before pregnant their, Yeah, because she was yeah, pregnant yeah. in that one. In this one, she's pregnant again with another Whoa. kid. But she's talking a lot about everything that happened since she had her first baby. So it's yeah. very, like, mom comedy and stuff like that, which I'm not a mom, but I still think is funny. It's... A lot of female-centric comedy, which we know that I kind of also think is kind of funny. So, But I think she's a hoot and a half. Love it. Tight. Good. Good suggestion. That's fine. So I'll go over Bad Samaritan, which I am 100% sure no one who's listening to this has heard of unless I've directly <laughs> oh, wait, told them. Hold on. I wanted to know how many people actually showed up to the theater to there watch were, it with you. Well, me and Caleb were the first ones in there. There yeah, ended up being a that. total of six people at 8 <laughs> o'clock on Friday At night. 8 o'clock. On, I was about to say, yes, it was during like this is prime, prime movie going hours. Yeah, there were a lot of people there and none of them were in this theater. <laughs> we literally, I had to go I, I got in Caleb's wheelchair. I rolled out of our theater and I rolled down to the front where every where the snacks are, I guess, just the center area. I had to tell them to turn the lights off in our theater because oh, the no. movie was starting. <laughs> That's how much attention that this movie got. Literally, they were like the lights were flashing too. It was like when they're about to go off, they flash. They were flashing through all of the trailers into the movie. And I had to roll. I rolled out of there. I rolled up. I was like, can you turn the lights off in theater three? We're trying to watch. <laughs> i'm actually oh, ironically enough i'm always paranoid that that's going to happen in the movie theater that i'm in yeah. because we because i kind of go to see like weird movies sometimes mm-hmm. too that a lot of people wouldn't be at i i always wonder they're obviously not on any kind of synchronized system so like somebody has to just turn them off yeah, right it's, it's yeah it's someone's job to just like turn them <laughs> off when the movies are supposed because to start. and also because i always try to remember when i'm at the movies sometimes the lights go off before the trailer starts sometimes the trailer start and the lights are on and then they turn them off by the time the movie starts it's there's yeah. no like hard and fast rule there so 
it's uh yeah it's weird and like they were flashing like bright it was like seizure inducing like i have no idea i'd never seen it like that at providence uh but it was it was wild it was a it was a racket so so tell up, me about the movie. the movie though yeah so the movie is really good it's a um it's a i would assume it's a british movie i don't actually know david if tennant basically origin, only does british david stuff is in yeah it, yeah um it takes place I wanted to say it took place in America. Yes, it takes place in America because the FBI is in it. They're an important There factor. you go. Okay, so here we are. We're in America, somewhere like New York City. The beginning, David Tennant actually isn't in too much of the movie, probably half of it. Like a lot of times he's a character that's relevant, but he's not there. But what this is about, I'll get to the bottom So he's line. not the lead of the movie? No. So you oh. start off with this kid who is a starving artist type and has a girlfriend. The kid is a valet and wants to be a photographer and This takes sounds like pictures. baby driver. Okay, hold go. Okay, <laughs> hold on. Takes pictures and like wants to do that professionally, but doesn't do that professionally, but has some nice things and no one knows how he has nice things. Like he gets his mom a really nice ring for her birthday and like the family doesn't know like how he can afford that, but his mom is dating an uh, an American guy and they moved seems like they moved his family from Ireland or somewhere where he was originally from. I don't know. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter. Anyways, he is he's a stoner and a slacker, and he's mm -hmm. a valet. And what he actually does is he's valets with this um, Hispanic kid who is also like a thug kind of mm -hmm. street kid. And whenever cars come in, the person that's supposed to take the car over to um, the parking garage while yeah. families go to eat they take the car, they route the GPS in the car back to home because GPS is safe oh, home now. And they, rob and they break people. into people's houses. So they do this consistently. And it turns out that the main character kid breaks into David Tennant's house. And David Tennant has a super nice car. It's a Maserati, I think. It's something. Nobody cares. Something insane. And so he drives it there and he breaks in and he notices the house is really weird. Like everything is overly organized and just like seems just off kind of strange like he finds yeah. handcuffs in a drawer and but he finds a black card like one of those really nice credit cards the ones that are really heavy yes. i think one time i got to swipe those when i one of those yes. when i worked at the hotel and i was like oh you have money there. yes so he fought <laughs> they find one of those and they activate it and they talk about doing like an ebay scan he's literally calling the other valet kid who's just standing outside the restaurant they're talking about him going through the process this is totally not what i thought this was going to be when you no, started but then it. when he's about to leave after he's activated the black card he notices there's a room you're upstairs. literally also telling people the entire plot no, of this, this movie. is within the first 15 minutes oh okay this is just the setup he finds a lock You're a really so nice intricate lock <laughs> on this door with your plot and he has to he has to figure it out so he takes some time to find the keys in the house and like the tension is building this whole time it's this movie it's tense zero to 100 and it doesn't stop once it's at 100 more it's intense good. than quiet place um the same i would say it's equally intense but not as good of a movie okay Anyways, he breaks in there. There's just a computer in there, and the rest of the room is dark, and you can't see what's going on. So he finds a checkbook and decides that they're going to steal the routing and the checking number after he can't find the password okay. to the computer. And he holds it up to take a picture of it, and it flashes, and then immediately you see a girl, and she's all sorts of tied up in the office in the dark. There's, like, oh. leather and straps and chains, and she's in this chair, and she's, like, clearly beat up and distressed and, like, sweaty and has been there for who knows how long. And you see it flash, and then it flips, and he's like, I have to rescue this girl. But at the same time, he's on the phone with that other kid, 
kid and like he pulls the i don't know he pulls the girl's mouth off and she's like you have to hurry there's a camera if the light comes on he know he'll see you he'll know we're here and he like literally david Tennant immediately appears outside of the valet and so what happens is don't tell us it's intense thank you <laughs> and this is within the first 20 minutes of the movie that is you your plots are way too complicated. Like you do not do a drive-by plot, which is just oh, okay. so. Th- this but plot it's fine. I've thief, I've been thief lost. Thief versus serial killer. That's okay. the plot of this movie. Interesting. And basically, it does sound really interesting. Honestly, you didn't. You called me and tried to ask me if I wanted to go, yeah. but you didn't sell me on it. So I was like, oh, I don't know. But like, you just sold me on seeing this movie now. I would definitely now say that it's been out for one weekend, <laughs> and because only six people went to see it in our town, they're probably not showing it anymore. Yeah, it's um, it's there. There are obvious like um, I think things that are glossed over, like details that should have been in the movie that make it like kind of like. I guess weak. Like it's not it's sure. not a stellar movie and sometimes the directing or acting is really lame, but David Tennant does probably a great not a job. high kind of like a like Hannibal Lecter expensive character. He yeah. is like a he's a weirdo. Buffalo Bill. Yeah, yeah. And it ends up being him chasing and trying to ruin the thief's life when he figures out who broke in and Of course. I already to, assumed that, yeah. that that was going okay, to happen. You, you all know. You all know. So he doesn't rescue the girl, but the guilt catches him. And so he's after. Oh, my. He's after David Tennant with the girl and trying to, like, nail it down. And it's well, just. Well, I mean, I assumed so that's where good. this was going. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, interesting. That's, you, if you watch the trailer, you get more than that already. So. Cool. Yeah. Very well, that good. That sounds interesting. Um, an exciting. It's a summer movie. It's not going to blow minds. You're not going to remember it a year from now, but like. Well, it's nobody's going to remember going. it because they probably didn't go to see it. Yeah. So. You probably may not be able to see it. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, get it on Redbox. <laughs> Redbox? <laughs> Have you ever been to Redbox and looked at It'll probably come on Netflix super fast because Also though, Redbox has the if you ever go to just rent a movie and you're like, what kind of movie am I going to pick? And you pick through their things, all those direct to video movies are they have those at Redbox and they are strange. Really? Yeah. Like terrible looking. Like worse than Netflix movies? Yeah, and like <laughs> on occasion I have seen one and I was like I almost want to pick this because it looks so terrible. Like, yeah. I know it's going to be so terrible that I might be entertained, but then there's no guarantee. So it's, I've, there it's was iffy. one, there was one, it was like surf weekend for the ladies, but there was a serial killer or it's something. like whenever there's a piranha movie, you just know. You yeah, can, exactly. Yeah. Like, you know, it's going to be bad, but you can't look away and it's interesting enough. So you watch it. Yeah, sometimes those can be such a good time, and sometimes they can literally ruin your entire day if you put the time. I promise, my one of my <laughs> favorite ones was, of course, sci-fi was sci-fi and Lifetime are like the the king and queen of this. Oh yeah, but sci-fi, which hilariously we've seen the trailer for that new Jason Statham movie called The Meg. Yeah, which just which is about horrible. a megalodon shark. Yeah, which by the way, once upon a time, sci-fi had an entire series of movies called. Megalodon or like Shark oh, Attack it was Megalodon. Megalodon versus other giant monsters. Wasn't no, it? those those oh. must be the later ones because oh, wow. I promise I saw like Megalodon three, <laughs> and it like ate part of the cruise ship. It ate all the lifeboats with the people in it. I don't remember any of this? <laughs> I totally have seen that movie, and it was terrible. And I was like ten and watching this, and I was like, "This is terrible." Yeah, everything on sci-fi was always so but, dreadful. And now look, they've made a full-on blockbuster summer movie that's going to be released in theaters that's, that's exactly wait, that's the same sci-fi? that is it was a sci-fi, sci-fi channel, channel movie 
Megalodon. Meg? Oh no! It was okay. called Megalodon. Oh, this the Meg isn't by Sci-Fi Channel. No, no but that's it's an Asian. It's movie. practically the same it's thing. It's the same concept. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And they're gonna do what Sci-Fi wish they had done for so long. Someone's gonna go see it. I don't know. When I saw this trailer, I was like, "Oh yeah, I'm not this looks go like see it. I'm I'm like this looks like a a movie that I'm concerned will flop, even if it has Jason Statham. And even though I want to go see it because it looks so bad, yeah, it's if painful. you release it in the summer, people are just gonna pick I know. something else. I want it. I want it to flop though. I don't want people to accept this. Yeah, I don't like that either. I almost if I could watch that on Sci-Fi at home when I've already paid for my cable, why would I want to go to the movies just, and watch it? Yeah, it just looks bad, and I don't want to encourage this type yeah, of behavior exactly. from the movie industry. That's totally fair too. <laughs> I understand. Which is like, just go I feel, see Jurassic I feel World. I feel like I'm being like. I, don't I know. mean, maybe, but also, how much effort did anybody really put into that movie? Yeah, either? No. not like a lot. Just go see Jurassic World, which really probably won't even be that good either, and it's basically the same thing. Yeah, no. Also, speaking of that, do you feel like that new trailer for that revealed too much? We saw, I saw a trailer. I don't know because now, yeah, we went and saw. I think we saw a trailer for. So we can segue a little bit into our trailer watch segment. Okay. Well, but first we're gonna talk. You hear a sound. And then we segue into our trailer watch. Well, let's continue talking first about (laughs) Jurassic World, which we have. That was one of the first trailers we did on this podcast. Mm -hmm. And we saw the first Jurassic World. And now we're going to go see the second one, probably, Mm -hmm. I'm assuming. Yep. And we had a whole conversation about how when we first saw the Jurassic World trailer, the first one that came out, we thought that it it gave too much away. It was the first reviewed on the first episode of this show, Isaac. Uh, are you 100% sure about that? It was definitely one of the early ones. I don't worry about it. I don't care about what episode it was, but we did talk about how much we thought that it gave too much away. And then surprise, surprise, we're watching infinity war and we get a new trailer for it. And it literally has five times the amount of information. It's completely different from the first trailer that we saw. So, and I can agree that maybe this one gave, well, I would say this because the first trailer and the second trailer are so different. And they just both reveal such completely different stuff. Now I almost don't know what to expect at all. Yeah. In a way. So maybe that's like the strength of it is like it's smart to just craft them completely differently. I think what we've gotten is first act and second act and not third act. Yeah. 100%. I can see that. So there's going to be a third act that they're not going to reveal. It's going to be impressive. Which actually now I feel like I have even more hope for this movie. I kind of do too. It kind of looks cool. Yeah. If there's a good third act that connects what they're doing. I think this is definitely like, I mean, they're feeding off of the old Jurassic Park. It seems like a lot in this. I'm not going to say what it's about because it's not part of this. Well, but but it's not the park at all. Like, it's literally Jurassic World is what it looks like. Yeah, yeah. Which, I mean, was Jurassic Park 2, right? I don't know. I've never seen the Jurassic Park Oh, okay, yeah. Jurassic Park, I think it was, it's two or three uh, similar events Oh, occur okay. so it's not a new well then idea, maybe i'm less impressed but, but i don't yeah, know because I, I haven't seen them they're gonna do something cool and the asian guy the bad guy what's yeah, his name of course what's i don't name? know oh you don't know the actor's name oh no oh, okay i thought, I thought uh, he was some big actor i think he's been in quite a few things so well, i don't matter. know if you anyways i can't then. big bad this I, it may be a two movie thing i, I think it's a three is, movie is a thing yeah 100 oh, okay. this was conceived as a trilogy oh, okay cool so but yeah i think and now the first trailer you're definitely like oh this is for sure only the first part of the movie yeah and then the second trailer has more stuff 
So then when we see the movie, we'll be like, whoa, hopefully. Uh, I absolutely hope so, because I will be seeing it, and I don't want to be disappointed. Because Jurassic Park 2 and 3 were kind of disappointing. The original ones, the sequels, they were not as good as the first one. I guess. Maybe it's just that I never saw the first trilogy, really. I mean, I've seen bits and pieces, but I've never like actually watched them. And I, then if I, I watched Jurassic trilogy, World, honestly. I've seen Jurassic World, and it doesn't exactly strike me as high caliber cinema i don't so. think i've seen jurassic world since i saw and it i can appreciate i thought about seeing it again i can appreciate those sorts of movies for what they are it doesn't mean that i really respect them that much but i can appreciate that when i want to turn my brain off for two hours and watch a fun exciting movie i can go to the movies yeah, and see that there's wars. nothing wrong with that yeah yeah literally it's dinosaur doesn't wars. make it a good movie but it makes it fun true all right, well, let's segue into a real trailer. Into the trailer <laughs> watch for this week that everyone is on the edge of their seats for. We are reviewing Bohemian Rhapsody teaser trailer number one. Oh, so it's, it's only, only a, a teaser. A oh, yeah, that's fine. I don't care. We'll only watch it's, a minute and a half. We I don't think we've done any music movie trailers at no, all. No, you poo pooed Star is Born. I don't even know what that is. That's the Lady Gaga movie remake oh, thing. Yeah, I'm not. We only have a teaser that. for that, so you're just gonna get stuck with a full trailer, probably. That's it's whatever. This one I'm excited for. Hasn't this movie's well, been in the making for a long time, right? I mean, it's been in the making for a long time. Then it had a lot of it questionable. It was supposed to be Borat. Oh yeah, Sasha Baron Cohen was the original person. Also, it's had a lot of like tumultuous stuff because they replaced the tra- the director because. Brian Singer was the director. And then when we sort of got into the Me Too movement, Mm -hmm. Brian Singer has had a bad reputation for a very long time. And there are certain rumors and allegations that I'm sure that the studio just didn't want to get caught up in. So they cut those off at the head Hmm. and killed it really early. They literally fired him with like two weeks to go. So really, it's kind of weird watching this, knowing that somebody else is probably going to be credited with directing this movie, but I bet a lot of this was Brian Singer. I mean, how long has it been? Are you sure they didn't... Do you know if they I'm shot very, more? I don't they just know. left it? Or? I don't know, but I'm very sure that the articles that I read talked about how Brian Singer got fired and there were only like two weeks left in filming. It I has mean, at that point, that doesn't I mean, mean it just seems like film. a... Tum- well, of course, it doesn't mean that they didn't reshoot things, but... That's gonna cost you a lot of money. So, and glad they and fired we're honestly, oh yeah, a hundred percent. I'm glad interested they in him. what I already uh, Brian Singer. Even before he started like this movie and stuff, I've read things and he seems like a creep and like. But I don't know. All that stuff's just allegations. But at some point, when there's enough smoke, there's probably a fire, right? So, anyways, this trailer. And this movie have kind of interested me. I thought it was a crazy, honestly. It seems like they put a big budget into it, which I thought was risky. I'm interested in this movie because it seems risky. Hmm. Seems like a risky proposition. A biopic about Freddie Mercury. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Queen is very popular. It's a popular band. Insanely Everybody knows popular. the songs. Yeah. yeah, like, but a biopic like biopics aren't really a thing that the modern audience goes to see it's true um, about woodstock was a huge failure well or any really to be honest any biopic like a like it's a that's the biopic is a very 80s and 90s thing and they were a big hit with the oscars for a very long time yeah. like you could make a biopic and almost Wasn't be guaranteed a biopic? yeah exactly it's a story about a real person or a movie about a real person 
does it really hit a chord with audiences nowadays? Mm, I don't really think so. I don't think that the audience like is that this isn't really a thing that they go for, which is why I thought even from the beginning that this seems like a risky proposition. Yeah. Not to mention that it was originally going to be released on Christmas Day, which if you're not a Star Wars movie or a huge family friendly movie, that seems like death wish kind of yeah kind of like a death wish it's still going to be released in early november but i mean that's kind of oscar season so i can totally see it being a hit with the oscar crowd hopefully they didn't i don't know how much money they dumped into it but i wouldn't have hoped it was a lot because i think it's going to be a hard sell that's just my opinion let's watch the trailer and find out what we think after that fair if you're driving don't stop the car we are about to watch bohemian rhapsody teaser trailer number one on movie clips trailers on youtube if you're not driving stop the podcast check it out we'll all talk about it together in just a minute like a team one two three go team okay Oh, what was I supposed to say? <laughs> Whatever you want to say. We're back. Hello. We oh. are back from the trailer watch. We just saw the trailer, teaser trailer for Bohemian Rhapsody. And boy, was it a tease indeed because I don't know. It was a tease anything. because, yeah. But I did learn that Queen not- recorded music at some point and they did the song Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> and I guess uh, I learned that uh, Freddie Mercury was is a person that existed <laughs> in this real. world. So yeah. this is not what I want to see out of a teaser trailer, I guess. It makes it seem like it's not going to have a lot of depth is my I first just, thought. That's the, this is the thing about a even a biopic in general. You're selling people. You have to sell people on a story that they already know basically yeah, i guess that's to rough. some extent i would have so liked it's a to hard it call be more of an artistic movie and less shots of like a concert which is not like yes you know what i mean i can agree with that it did like something it about seemed his like a concert movie i want to see visuals that well they included about at the least character that two I scenes of him fighting for his music fighting for his music within the band fighting for his music within obviously like producers or people who are distributing yeah, it he was going against the grain they did reveal yes. that whole thing so they but showed a like little bit of that musical but story is like that i can i don't disagree with you at all it seems very kind of uh it, it seems unspecific yeah i mean it's kind of like every other one but it's, it's just exactly a teaser right. trailer i love queen's music i am gonna go see this as a music oh lover. it really looks I interesting can't i mean stop myself from going how to can see you it? not think that the freddie mercury biopic will probably be pretty interesting at least oh, gonna, be interesting. and honestly if we're talking about what we've seen rami malek malek looks a lot like freddie mercury and I, it kind of sounds a lot like yeah. it too the mustache scenes look oh dead yeah on. it's oh kind of yeah insane. and that's like the freddie mercury as i know him that's the one sure I see the one that head. you think of yeah yeah the one I it's see kind of like and that's on tv concerts not to mention stuff. that it's kind of the a biopic is a would be a hard sell to a modern audience because while we know who freddie mercury is we know his music we weren't alive then to appreciate it as it was happening we weren't fans as it's yeah. happening like that's going to be a hard sell to anybody our age or about that you know in that sense yeah because you know that's just how it goes when something becomes older yeah in a way but yeah, yeah i mean we're we like freddie mercury's music and i mean it looks pretty interesting and it looks he looks a lot like freddie mercury i uh can appreciate freddie mercury for a lot of different reasons so i totally want to see it i'm interested yeah i think the 70s are real cool i'm gonna go see it for all the 70s stuff 
I think that Freddie Mercury is a lot an, of 80s stuff too. Freddie Mercury is an interesting person and a character yeah, and sure. I would like to see what gets shown through about his life in I the agree. movie. The only thing I have to say is I was going to see this movie before I saw this trailer. Um this trailer has done nothing to increase my desire to see the movie. I can, so I think it's a complete failure as a trailer. But I can agree you know with what? that. They got to put something out. It didn't so, surprise me in no. any way. So they could have at least like hooked something on the end of it that might have like revealed like what makes this movie, you know, what unique. Yeah. What makes it stand out a among hook. other literally just a hook sort of musician biopics. Yeah. yeah, I can totally understand Definitely that. We didn't get any of that. So. Oh, well, but yeah, I'll be going to see it. That's my rating. I would plus probably one. like to see this too. Plus two, and that's it. Plus two from the Popcorn Brothers. That means you should go see it as well. It'll be out November 6th, I think. Second. Second is what I meant to say. So Right yeah. before the big holiday mm. hits, smart. which is probably smart on yeah. their part, I would have said. Yeah, yeah. If, I was a, if I was in charge of a studio and I saw this trailer, I would tell them, November second, and that's <laughs> what happens. So. It was li- it was gonna come out on Christmas Day and get crushed. Yeah, creamed. Yeah, crazy. All right, cool. Thanks for joining us for another trailer watch. Now it is time for the moment you've all been waiting for. No one even knows what we're about to talk about. This is uncharted territory for our audience. We haven't even oh, mentioned the movie that we're about to talk about. So except far. for, I guess, it'll say so in the episode. I could hide what the episode says. Don't do that. You don't want me to matter. do that? I don't care Top that secret, much. confidential. It's not that exciting. I don't think. We're about to talk about Pleasantville. Yes. This was an Isaac pick. Raise it your hand was. if you know what Pleasantville is, because you you may not. It was. It's almost older than the internet. This movie, I can't believe that people haven't seen this though. Like I don't. It got think a heavy like replay like on networks in terms of like syndication and stuff. So I've almost everybody in our family had already seen it, other than you. Yeah, that's true. I just feel like it's one of those movies that everyone I know has seen a clip of in like sure you know like they're like classic movies and people like show clips of different movies and this one stands out because of its visual aspects of the black and white versus a lot the of color that, yeah yeah i mean it's a high concept movie that yeah. maybe that i will even we can just start here that i can say maybe doesn't isn't necessarily a hundred percent successful completely um but i think it also i think any High concept movies are always a hard, hard to deliver on because it's literally in the, you're, you're going up against the impossible almost from the outset. Yeah. It's I high concept. So to make everything connect, to make everything hit, to make everything work together is a tall order in yeah, the first place. It tries to dip its hand into a lot of baskets. It's not putting all of its eggs into one basket which i think that's actually the point that's what yes, i'm going uh, that's what i'm planning on arguing and I think it but it's also well for what it, and was it does going for. yes but you will never hit a home run on that because it just it's it, you can't do it it's almost impossible not to do it if you don't sort of ever commit to something full-on you'll never completely succeed at it yeah now if the plan is never to commit to something full-on 
you can do a pretty successful job. And I think that this movie is a pretty successful yeah. job on a lot of that. It doesn't seem like it was cut down from being super focused on one thing to like trying to accomplish a bunch of other things. It seemed like they planned to just kind yes. of dip into a lot of pools with the toe. Absolutely. And then like, you know, dive at, dip out, except for one obvious point that we'll talk about. But I don't want to talk about this anymore until we go over the plot. Okay. Because someone good listening plan. may not have seen it. So that was a good introduction. Isaac, let's start with the plot summary. You do it because my plots are too intricate, not enough like a drive-by. Yes. So, um, essentially, this movie starts out with David and his twin sister Jennifer. They are. Um, Whoa, they're twins. Yes. Where did I miss this? Does it matter? It was. It. I don't think it matters. It only matters that they're brother and sister to yeah, me. I thought she was it an is, older sister. It is reason. mentioned in passing. That they were twins. Oh, yeah. No, that one girl's like, I can't believe he's your twin, right? Yeah, That's she was it. like, you came from the cool side of the uterus. <laughs> yeah. Some... Man. Some okay, keep A-plus going. A-plus script writing yeah. there. Anyways, they are twins, David and Jennifer. David is played by Tobey Maguire. Jennifer is played by uh, Reese Witherspoon. Both kind of before they broke out into pretty big time uh, movie stars. Reese Witherspoon, maybe more so than Tobey Maguire. Anyways, they are uh, twins, but they don't really get along. David is 100% this nerdy kid that can't talk to girls, and the his only real pleasure in life, it seems, is watching this old television show called Pleasantville. Yep, and Reese smokes cigarettes and tries to get laid. Yes, that is 100% <laughs> her character. She's kind of the cool girl, kind of the bad girl. I mean, she wants to be cool. Yes. She's clearly lacking think, depth uh, of character. Yes. I can argue, I can agree with that too. It's obvious that she is cool to some people because those other girls kind of follow her around. She wants to be in with the cool crowd. I don't, that she's not like, I guess those girls do follow her around. They do. I didn't, I didn't yeah. see it that heavily. It seemed like she wants to be but part of the cool guy crowd that is so. Well, she wants to have there. a like hot boyfriend, yeah, like a yeah. status symbol type thing. Anyways, those girls do follow down. her around, but that's kind of important because it also is reflected later oh, okay. in other girls following her around too. Anyways, essentially, uh, I want to mention that they're, so their mom is going to go out of town. Their parents are divorced. They live with their mom. She's going to go out of town. It doesn't seem like they have real supervision on this weekend because I think that that's important later. It's a important, It sets up what happens. Yeah, and I think it's something that I want to discuss. So she's going to leave, and then they're essentially going to be home alone. Reese Witherspoon's going to have the hot guy come over to their house to watch something on television. TV. David wants to watch this Pleasantville marathon. Pleasantville is a very uh, 50s well, black and a white dollar competition sitcom. for who knows. It's like a quiz show. about. Yeah, but Pleasantville. that's not really important. Well, that's why he's watching it. He, it's why he's watching it. But also he's obviously a huge fan anyway, because yes. he knows all the answers. He knows all the ins and outs of it. But we don't know if he was just doing that to win the money. No, he wasn't. Okay. He was that. Enough. He was that guy. Wow. Okay. Just to, I'm just saying Heavy judgment here. Because even before the contest is announced, he's like, he already knows all the stuff. So he knows every line to that one episode. He's literally repeating the script before it happens. So they are fighting over the remote because they're going to watch what they want to watch. And they break the remote control. And And then there's a knock on the door. Yes. And it should be said that this whole segment is kind of... 
iffy. Mm-hmm. It's very strangely done. Yeah. And it's done to be very obvious to the viewer, which we can only, like, by saying that here is kind of the only way that I can describe it. You'll know it if you watch it. It's yeah. very uh, it's very on the nose. Everything is very obvious. It's very pointed. There's no subtlety to any of it at all. Yeah, but it that's, seems rushed and obvious and almost like tacky. Yes, and it is. And I don't know if that's a if that's because they literally just it's basically almost exposition in order to get to the real important parts of the movie. Yeah, I think maybe because otherwise the movie would be too long. I think. That's true, and it almost is too long anyways, yes. but I think the heavy-handedness of this part makes everything else so much easier on your stomach, possibly, I, too. I can agree with is that, honestly, too. like, might have been helpful. Because, because once like, the if real... They were like, if this is so... If we make this kind of terrible on purpose and, like, set the tone, then the rest of this will be way easier. I actually agree with that, that, too. Yeah, I think that's smart, the point. So, yeah. I think that's the point of it. I think that none of that is on accident, mm-hmm. by the way. Because at first, if you just started watching this movie, you had no idea. You'd be like, this is a terrible movie. Yes. 100%. But then, when you keep... you, Because you were... I think that oh, you yeah. were... I was like... You I'm were not sold. You despise this movie, was my first thought when that <laughs> happened. I was like, this is horrible. You, I could tell, but I said, let's just keep... Let's keep going. So then, essentially, what happens, this TV repairman, who obviously has uh, other intentions, shows up. He kind of quizzes David on Pleasantville, and David proves to be worthy enough to receive. Essentially, I'm cutting a lot of this down because it doesn't really yeah, play into it later. You can move through this fast, too. David gets a special remote that essentially sends him and his sister Jennifer into Pleasantville. Yeah, unknowingly. They accidentally yes. go into the They TV. take it unknowingly, and, it f- and the TV repairman, who is played by Don Knotts, a nice little throwback to the Andrew Griffith show and Barney Fife, uh, he sends them into Pleasantville because he th- thinks that that's what David wants and that's cool and da 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 da. They freak out for a minute because they're in this television program, but they're basically stuck because he won't let them, the TV repairman won't let them out of the television show. Yes. Now they have taken on the personas of Bud and Mary Sue, who are the son and daughter of the, and the main cast of Pleasantville. Essentially. David sort of convinces Jennifer to go along with it. They're just going to have to sort of play the parts of Bud and Mary Sue until they can figure out how to get out of Pleasantville. Yeah. So do you want to go over the rest of the plot or do you just want to talk as if people have seen it from here on? Because there's a lot that happens. It's a long movie. Well, it is a long movie, but the plot to me, it really just boils down to the themes because there is a plot which to is it. why it might be good to just go but i think that we can just start talking about thematic conversations yeah so everything so, else is going to be kind of bundled up like we don't want like there's not a we'll lot talk of about ins the and ending outs. at the end i think yeah because it's part of the theme well here. towards towards sort of the f- climax which yeah. does have more of a plot to it but for a large portion of this movie it's not plot less per se but it mostly revolves around theme and essentially where the story is going. So basically, yeah. uh, David and Jennifer try to play Bud and Mary Sue. And while they're doing this, Jennifer is kind of obviously a rebellious character in and of herself. So even her being in Pleasantville, which essentially Pleasantville is this perfect state of being. Yeah. No There's one misses a basket in the basketball team. Nothing Everyone shoots... Ex- 
perfect all the time. Nothing exists outside of Pleasantville. Yeah, she asks where the roads go. There's two main roads in Pleasantville, and she asks where the roads go, and everyone's like, what do you mean, where do the roads go? And she's like, what's outside of Pleasantville? And they're like, what do you mean, outside of Pleasantville? So it it's, it's a... I don't even know what it's to call it. It's sort of a it's it's very much a 50s utopian sort of society where yeah. everybody knows their place, everybody does exactly what they're expected to do, nobody breaks out of the norm, nobody challenges anything. Um, very traditional gender yeah. roles, and very taken to the um, extreme. They live on a loop. Literally everything I think yes. is loop. I think as that we if could it was a TV show I'd on t- a rerun. Yes. There essentially it sort of almost implies that there's a story that the characters don't understand why they're following the story, but they do notice when yeah. the story is sort of broken Literally, or when it gets interrupted right to some between extent. Westworld or Truman Show or yes. any of those. It exists sort of in this space in between all of those, yeah. which I thought was really interesting because mm-hmm. sometimes the characters do, we're big Westworld fans and we like Westworld. They do sort of act like the hosts on a loop in Westworld where they're programmed to do a specific thing and if you sort of break them out of it they don't know what to do they're Mm -hmm. suddenly lost and they they know that something's wrong but they can't figure out what it is and they can't figure out what they're supposed to do yeah and it's a little bit creepy yes and it weirds them out a lot so even but sort of starting from there uh david and jennifer sort of start breaking pleasantville just by being there because Jennifer refuses to sort of conform to what Pleasantville wants her to do because she doesn't like any of that stuff. And even though David is trying, he can't even prevent it either because they're not Bud and Mary Sue. It shows you, yeah, no matter what they do, whether they're trying to stick to the story or whether they're literally going out of their way to break it, their existence is someone whose mind is aware of possibilities and is not stuck on this track and they know other things they can't maintain that sure because mary sue sort of let's just sort of start there mary sue is rebellious and she sees this cute boy and so she like wants to get with this boy and wants to do things with him but that's not what they do in pleasantville so she starts to sort of bring this she brings sex a into sexual revolution. Essentially, yes. she does because it's even no one shown, knows what it is. Nobody knows what it is. She teaches Betty, the mother character for Mary Sue. She teaches her what sex is. She has to tell her what sex is. Uh, everybody in Pleasantville apparently sleeps in twin beds, a la you know fifties and sixties sitcoms did do it's also funny when mary sue runs into the bathroom there's not a toilet which is also a throwback to the sitcoms of those days because even the brady bunch uh i do know that uh the brady parents slept in the same bed and it showed them in the same bed to some extent but they didn't have a toilet because apparently people it was not appropriate that the characters would take a dump (laughs) or use the restroom So it's kind of a fun throw. There's parts of the movie that are kind of a fun throwback to that. But also Bud is shown or David is shown that even his very existence, because he doesn't know how to work in the soda shop correctly, that that is messing with. uh, I have to. Yeah, just his I mean, his his tendency to tell his boss, like, do whatever you want. Like, you're your own person. Like, you don't have to do this in this order. Like, why are you freaking out? Just, like, trying to relate to him because, I mean, 
he doesn't they don't they don't understand that they're interacting with like not real humans i mean they seem as human as anyone else to them they just seem like they're messed up like they're broken so well, they want like, them to like you know not be sad not be insane not hurt themselves or get confused and stick on tasks forever you know well what I mean? bud interacts with bud as david interacts with bill who runs the soda shop where yes. bud works yes Jeff and Daniels. but yes and because because david can't not interact with people as if they're human it breaks this sort of yes this, that's what i'm getting at yes it breaks the script so to say and the jeff daniels character bill can't work without the script being a certain way so then he starts to sort of come to a realization that things can be different mm-hmm. and it's not exactly what they sort the sort of programming thing which again this is all speaking to if it seems confusing it's because it kind of is the, sh- the movie never particularly picks a certain avenue in the sense that this is what we're trying to speak about. Yeah, it just starts breaking everything at the same time. Yes, and it and all everything, leads up to one. And it ultimately head. just sort of breaks. We watch as characters break out of their mold, they break out of what they know, and they sort of... Be- it's almost like in Westworld where the hosts are becoming conscious in a way. That's sort of what yeah. the characters are doing. In They're bringing Pl- real-world aspects into the untouchable, all-perfect TV, 50s, sitcom world. Yes. They're breaking those two together. And, and as, as they, they do, do that... that oh, literally, call. that was what I was going to say, yeah. too. As they do that, their world starts to turn into color. Slowly. So, slowly. One little thing at a time. Yes. So the first thing is um, Jennifer takes her date skip to lover's lane and we see that all the other couples in lover's lane because they don't know what sex is they just sit in their car or or hold hands or something they don't know what to do she breaks that by fooling around with skip and when he drops her off at home he starts to drive away and he sees a single rose that has turned into color nice touch yes definitely and then we start to see more of that with some of the other girls their bubble gum is colored. Their lips or their, their tongue is colored. of the soda shop is colored. Yeah. And as they're starting to do that, we start to see where certain characters, the area around them, or they themselves become colorized based on sort of what they're learning and the way that they're developing. So we can mostly talk about this in the sense of themes because there are several themes that I think the movie touches on essentially which brings people into color from their black and white yeah did you notice any of those in particular that you wanted to speak about i know obviously uh, which ones i Jeff think Daniels they are but from the soda shop is awesome what and that's sort of a that's sort of sort of breaking to me that was breaking out of the status quo or what's expected of you because he just works as this, he just runs the soda shop and he even says, I don't like doing this day in and day out. When he becomes aware of what he's doing, basically, he says, I don't like to do this day in and day out. I want to do something different. I want to find something I'm passionate about. And he finds that his passion is art. Yeah. So he starts to do art. But I think him and Bud's mom or David's mom in the sitcom, I guess, what's her name again? Betty. Betty. I think their stories and their intertwining is the most interesting parts of the movie. Which, yes, and I think that also has to, and uh, we can get in there. That one's a little later. But early on, a lot of it, at first it seems like it's about sex. Yes. But I don't. Everyone, no, it is. It's on purpose. They make it seem like everyone who is like, 
touched by like the sex- sexual except, revolution, sort except of. Except for um, his sister Jennifer, yeah, Jennifer. Except for her, which is intriguing and I think supposed to be noticed. Obviously, that yes. everyone around her, because of her influence, has come into color, and all of Lovers Lake, even the whole thing, oh, has Lover's come Lane, into yeah. color. Lovers Lane, yes, yeah, sorry. A lot of that, yes. But it she's starts still there. black and white. She sort of starts that, and it yeah. starts there in a lot of it. Which is sort of, I think that's just because it's the most accessible way of saying, like, especially because if you talk about in uh, in the historical sense, yeah. sort of the 50s into the 60s and 70s in the sense of the actual sexual revolution that did yeah. happen in that time. We sort of, I that's mean, the, all of this that's becomes the an jumping part. parallel to yes. like values changing in the time period. Which yes. is so that's the jumping beautiful, part. Beautiful. That's the jumping point. But then we also move, it's kind of funny because the mom, Betty, I don't think hers is about sex. And I don't think that really at the end, Jennifer's is either. That's sort of the women's liberation aspect yes. of it. As yeah. in women didn't have to just stay home and do what their husbands told them to do. Women had free will and they could make their own choices and they could decide what they wanted to do and when they wanted to do it. Yeah, and they, they didn't have to answer with, to anybody else. They make that clear with the dad yelling her name and like looking for her and her not being there. And the fact that she for a long time hid th- like sh- Betty turns into color fairly quickly. Yeah. But she sort of hides it. She's afraid to let other people see the mm-hmm. way that she's thinking. Yeah, a lot of hers is cerebral. And it's you, we can see the ideas in her head and we can see her gears turning in that she's learning these new things and she's accepting these new ideas. But she's afraid to break out of that mold. And Jennifer uh, helps her in a lot of those ways to show that women should be equal and that they should be able to do the things that they want to do, not just necessarily what their husbands say or what society says they should do. Mm-hmm. And part of that is that she, it looks like she's developing an interest in somebody that's not her husband, Yes, which sounds bad when we're kind of describing it. And it almost strikes that way in the movie. But if we also think about the fact that Betty didn't have or have free will, she was written as the wife character to somebody that she was, to somebody she was married to, she didn't ever have any choice or decision yeah. in the same. Because the also, this, incidentally, the of the all of these makes people this part really weird too. It does. It makes it so strange, and I don't really know what to think of that. And I don't either, because it's also like if we think about it, we don't know how these children were created and given to these people, considering True. they don't understand what sex is. Yeah, but I mean, jumping to the end, you see on a park bench. Well, you hold see on, the... don't get to that point okay, yet. Okay, I don't ahead. think that we're there. It's just. It's just very relevant because we're talking weird. about all these things right now. I think it's supposed to be open-ended, which a lot of this movie is open-ended. These things that we're talking about, I guess they do just as open, people, like, oh, it could be either way. How yes, you ever you that's want. exactly what it's supposed to be. Yeah, um, because as people are changing color, oh, there's because no women have choices and they're liberated. Yes, <laughs> I'm okay with that now. But as people are changing color, there's no hard and fast rule. Essentially. Yeah. People don't change because of a certain thing. Yeah. Because it's seen, if it was all about sex, then Jennifer would have been the first person in color. Yes. But she wasn't. Hers stays for a long time. And if, and so we sort of see Betty and Bill have a side plot where they're sort of falling in love. And mm-hmm. um, so a lot of people are changing. The townspeople are reading. Actually, hilariously Books. enough, yeah, that's important. sort of um, David shows... Jennifer and David both 
accident. So they go to the library and there's no words in the yeah, books. All the books are blank. Which is a big point that Jennifer makes early. She's like, it's super weird here. There's no words in the books. Mm-hmm. And so essentially, eventually they start as the story, as uh, David and Jennifer tell sort of the stories. There are books. And as they share information, the town discovers this information. For instance, the fire department doesn't know how to put out a fire and there aren't any fires in Pleasantville because that's unpleasant. So once a fire is started, Bud, as David, has to tell them how to put out a fire. Well, he has to tell the firefighters there's a cat in a tree to get them out because they don't know what the word fire means. He says cat and they all get and up they and don't they know what to do with the fire. Yeah, and then so they the ask hose. him, they say, how did you know what that meant and he said oh it's because i came, came from, from somewhere else and they said what's outside of pleasantville and yeah. so then and that's when it really starts to ramp up and it's like, impossible to prevent this information spreading and he and gets sort excited of, about it too honestly and yeah enjoys and he the does fact that he's sharing the information and they start explaining books and the words appear and then in the, the books library gets really popular stories. and more and more people are changing yeah. to color and essentially sex is just replaced from, with knowledge like that's yeah. what everyone is into like everyone in the town is like i want to read i want to know I wanna stories l- i want to know about things yeah um, but still, incidentally, Jennifer and David are still not in color. They're still black and white. But I yeah. think we can get to the point where we sort of decide why they become colorized. So, oh, the weather changes. Pleasantville's weather is always pleasant. But as more and more people change, sometimes it rains. Mm-hmm. And David, I think when he... Uh, the thing about David is... David likes Pleasantville and he liked Pleasantville how it was. And he Mm -hmm. was one of the first people who sort of prevented things from changing. He didn't like that things were changing there because he thought that's how it was supposed to be. He knows what Pleasantville is and he knows everything that's supposed to happen in Pleasantville. So he was really against seeing those things change. But I do think that he sees that when people start to change, they, their moods change. They become happier. He sees that, that people are unhappy in the yeah. way that they were and that they didn't know. Yeah, and his perspective, when he could only see it from watching it on TV, he couldn't see the unhappiness that the characters felt when things didn't go right. It's or not even almost see. unhappiness. It's they almost like show. unawareness. It was like he wasn't, yeah, he wasn't able to see when things didn't go right because they didn't ever go not or right. Or sort of the way you that know? those people were imprisoned to their old ideas yeah. is really what it kind of is. Yeah. And so eventually he starts to he starts to see that that was not correct. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jennifer, to me, it sort of is also an offshoot of the women's liberation or sort of just doing the opposite of what's expected of you kind of too. Yeah. Hers is kind of like that because eventually she changes to color because she chooses not I to mean, go out with her boyfriend and to study instead. Way. Yeah. Breaking like, your mold doesn't mean doing the same thing that everyone else is. It means breaking your mold, essentially. Yeah, and I think th- I think that's really the point that they were trying to make with the Jennifer character, too, yeah. is that when she decides to break her own mold, sort of, is how she... When she reads her bo- a book for the first time in her entire life, she says. And when she chooses that over something that somebody else wanted her to do, yeah. that's sort of yeah. where she gets into that. Um, and then, essentially, so now there are so many quote-unquote, colored people, that the story kind of moves from um, a progressive state of we're just learning and we're trying new things and that sort of thing 
to it really becomes, it creates tension in the fact that some people are in black and white and they want, they wanted things to stay the, the way that they were and other people are quote unquote colored and that creates a lot of tension here. And that's sort of, and this is where, again, exactly like you said, it mirrors sort of the past and true history in the sense that this is sort of where uh, I mean, it becomes racial issues. It's yeah, kind of a metaphor for they segregation. And, and I didn't see this coming. I don't know why. Maybe I'm just like <laughs> blind to like obvious, like this is where the point of this movie is going. But it goes, yeah, it goes straight into them literally calling them colored people because they are, they're in color. They're, you know, which I don't think, is there a black person in this movie? Actually, incidentally, I did notice this and I looked for this because I knew that it was coming. If you watch this movie, I think that they purposefully left out people of color as actors because that's where it was headed and that creates it sort of almost creates a gray area do you see what i'm saying like arguably pleasantville is pleasant because it was in the 50s and it was mostly white people like that's i think that's and if you had it's part of the pleasantville idea is what if you had people of color that would have made it more complicated because then you would it would be tough to explain pleasantville without having that racial element to it Uh so i think that's what i think that's purposefully why they left it out was because they use it as a device later and so if you had more sense when you have a bunch of white people and some of them are in color and some of them aren't and they're creating that like if you had these people are colored division if there were actually people of multiple ethnicities it would be like diluting the yeah message, it would it would be it would be confusing i yeah. think that's just sort of where it is so i think that they purposefully did that yes um because then it goes there anyway and they're sort of then they start creating these rules which are purposefully they create the first laws of which pleasantville which they are the chamber of commerce of pleasantville right yeah because the there's no cops because yeah. nobody breaks the law yes. in pleasantville yeah so there's like one big bad guy and the dad of bud yeah, which I don't even know his name. I can't yeah, think of it off the top of my head. But it, the guy from Shameless, and he doesn't William H Macy, and he doesn't um, he doesn't get what's going on. Uh, honestly, most of the people who are really resistant to the changes in Pleasantville are men, because obviously that's a running theme in that white men who have power don't want things to change because then they feel like they fall out of power yeah, and they complain and they get mad. Yes. Um, And so that's where it leads to a head. Essentially, they create this list of laws, which mostly are laws against things that the quote unquote colored people have brought in. Um, And essentially, Bill and Bud, David, get arrested. And so they go on their first trial and they have the first trial. And at this trial, essentially, David gets up and he speaks about how basically he has realized, which, hold on. Oh, David changes. We didn't talk about how David changed color. So as the tensions are mounting between oh, yeah, this is uh, the people the in black and white, before the trial, as the tensions are mounting between the people who are in black and white and the people who are in color, that has actually sort of created violence. And it's created um anger and all these feelings that were never in Pleasantville before so people don't really know how Just to attention that violence might occur because no one yes. actually knows what violence is in No this because city. they had no need to before yeah. because people didn't do things against each other everything was pleasant like you know yeah. yada 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 But what happens specifically in this situation is um Jeff Daniels character paints nude um 
the mom character. Oh, well, it was really more that like... Well, they see that. And then from there, oh, the, men, yeah. the men in the town that are still in black and white. Really, they're teenagers. Some of the teenagers, teenage boys that fair. are still in yeah. black and white. They are, they're in the high school. They're part of the high yeah. school. So they start confronting her as if they were going to assault her. To actually yes. assault her. And um, our main character, Bud, sees David. it. David. David, and it's his mom. And he's not going to stand for it. So it's the first time a character in this movie is hit actually strikes another yeah commits violence on another character so he punches one of the guys across the face and the guy's in black and white but his blood is red and you see him on the ground and he looks up and then you see david there in color for the first time yes his mother shows him that he's changed into color sort of and that's sort of a talk about uh that's sort of kind of a david did the right thing punching nazis (laughs) and so that's why he changes to color um, but to fast forward back to where we were, we're essentially at the trial and David basically just gives an impassioned speech about how uh, you can't stop progress and you can't stop these sort of ideas. And, and one way or another, everyone falls into turning into color. Yes. Even if whether they don't it's through anger, whether it's through well, happiness, whether it's through sadness, I was curious you realize that people just expressing themselves. I was in curious any way as to why I was curious as to why you thought that the main villain changed into color at the last second. Because as David is giving this speech, to me what it was kind of saying was even if you didn't agree progress with still occurs. Progress Progress occurred because in your mind, you see the possibilities. It was almost sort of that. It's even if you don't agree with the possibility, the fact that the possibilities could even exist within your mind and you could see that other people could disagree with you and that other people might have a different point of view, just you acknowledging that fact that they might have a different point of view is what changed all those people. Yeah. Oh, I could totally Even if see they that. didn't agree with oh, it. there's a word for this. I can't remember. It's, it's a concept. It's... um. Oh, man, I'm going to look it up. Keep going. Well, essentially what I'm saying is even if those people didn't agree, just the fact that they acknowledged that those other people had different ideas and they had different ways of thinking was what changed them all into color, even though they didn't want to. They didn't really want to be changed over into that, but they did anyway. Yeah, absolutely. And so then they come out of the courthouse and everything's in color. The world is different. People are accepting that and it's it seems like pleasantville is better just for the fact that that change has been brought there and that sort of progress and new ideas have been brought there um i'll go ahead and finish it out while you're still looking for this keep going jennifer decides to stay in pleasantville sort of bizarrely we sort of said that this was weird we didn't really get it uh, she says that she can't go back to the real world because she can't go to college, but she wants to go to college. So she actually gets on a bus out of Pleasantville and is one of the first people, I guess, to explore the outside world of Pleasantville. She's still stuck literally within the television set. Um, <laughs> meanwhile, uh, David gets to go back to the real world. I'm sort of confused. I wasn't paying very good attention to whether uh, the... Don Knotts character was actually good and he was trying to convince David that new ideas that Pleasantville wasn't really that great in the first place or whether he was actually a bad guy. It kind of almost seemed at the end like he knew that 
Pleasantville yeah, wasn't I mean, that great, and that he, he wanted David. He smiled and drove away, yeah. which is, like, really vague. <laughs> that sort of thing was weird. So, I think that ultimately he was trying to show David that being stuck in sort of... They could have done better with that character. It yeah. Was, it was left Well, but it was strange. also sort of in this outside world, and the whole story in the outside, in the real world, is kind of bizarre in the first place. Um, and I think that it's just sort of a commentary on the fact that we can appreciate culture for what it was but not to get stuck in to but just to i think that is sort of the point to remember that at some point these items that we still have within our culture are products of their time they can't necessarily be held always to the exact same standard because they were a product of their time so it's sort of like to wade into say a popular cartoon that might have racial overtones that we wouldn't accept now but to remember that if we're viewing those pieces of culture, that they are a product of their time. Do you understand what I'm sort of saying? Yes. So sort of we can't hold the fact that the Bradys don't have a toilet against them because <laughs> we know that that was unacceptable for that time period that the sort of rules of broadcasting culture said you can't show that it's not appropriate. Or that some things that like say a cartoon says this was okay or this was a joke that we could make back then we have to remember that you know back then even though it wasn't right it was acceptable within within our culture and we have grown in since then to know that actually that joke isn't okay and it shouldn't be and we would hold it to a different standard nowadays i think that's sort of what i think it i think that is a point that it's sort of trying to make too poignant and i like it and the last thing also i, I did say, have to say one more thing so ahead. david comes back into the real world and his mom is crying because she got broke up and broken yeah, up with her boyfriend here and i think that david has grown he shows a lot of kindness to his mom and he sort of consoles her and he tells her that life isn't supposed to be perfect it's not supposed to be a quote-unquote certain way which i think that this isn't really explored but to me the reason that david liked pleasantville in the first place is because he was trying to escape from his own reality in the sense that it kind of the mom, what the mom says kind of alludes to this, which was that it sort of seemed like their dad was a dick and kind of left them high and dry Mm -hmm. and sort of ran away from that. And then the, the mom sort of fell apart and she didn't know what to do. And she wasn't really being necessarily a great mom. And then obviously Jennifer has taken this and turned into like the bad child And I think that that was David's way of escaping was to, because he viewed Pleasantville as this perfect place where nobody has any problems and it's so wonderful. And I think he was trying to hide there in a way. But he learns that you can't hide from problems. You have to face them and in a way that life isn't going to be perfect. So you just have to do the best with what you're kind of dealt. Yeah, I can agree with all that. And then the one thing I wanted to bring up here, this concept of uh, Schrodinger's cat, which I'm sure you've heard of. It's a fairly popular concept. Yeah, I'm, uh, this but is it's the thought experiment that finds a cat in a box with a flask of hydrocyanic acid. The flask will be broken by a device only if any radiation is detected, resulting in the cat's demise. Since the box is closed, the cat's state is unknown. So at some point, it is theoretically both alive and dead. The only way to know its fate for sure is to open the box, infringing on reality and quite possibly influencing the outcome. It's also, actually, I think that I thought of really what you're thinking of. 
look up the light and the shadows in the cave. Do you know what I'm talking yes. about here? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Where, where people see the shadows. Where people are looking at a shadow yeah, on the wall. Someone's cave. Oh. Yeah, and they don't realize that the shadow is because of the fire and because of people, so they haven't they don't accept that part as a reality. I don't know, that's a bad allegory of the cave, Plato's cave. Yes. Yeah. I let me tell you, honest to god, I took two philosophy classes in college. One was an intro to philosophy class. I didn't like it, but I was perfectly fine because it was easy. I mean, this movie covers a lot of philosophical... I took a philosophy of law class. Oh, nice. And I hated every minute of it. And it was the absolute worst class I ever took. It was the worst I ever did in a class in my life, probably. The teacher probably (laughs) looked at my papers and was like, I don't even know how this kid got in this (laughs) class. But yeah. Plato it was really bad. That knowledge gained through senses is no more than opinion, and that in order to have real knowledge, we must gain it through philosophical reasoning. Okay, well, that was a lot more than I thought that that was about. <laughs> so clearly, <laughs> we can see why I failed that class, or got close to it at least. All right, well, that's it for me. Do I you think this that we movie, covered it? Oh, yeah, you're cutting it off real quick, but it's alright. Oh, I mean, I feel yeah. like we explained everything. Yeah, I. Did you like the I movie? I really Why don't this you? Movie. Okay, I think good. it was funny. I think it was smart. I think it's very beautifully shot. I don't think we cover it directly, but there are a lot no, of shots that are throwbacks to other movies. There are a lot of purpose. illusions. Well, there's a and lot of illusions to... are very striking. They're very well done. There's a lot of illusions to other shots in film, specifically uh, the one where the villain is standing in front of the bowling screens, which is from Patton. There's the shot um, in the courtroom where the quote-unquote colored people are sitting in the balcony and the black and white people are on the ground which is from uh to kill a mockingbird there's an accidental sh- like schindler's or not schindler's list uh shawshank redemption shot when it's raining a lot of the shots are like schindler's list. a lot of the shots are like schindler's list because there's color within black and white um and they punch a nazi in that one too. and there's a lot a lot of allusions to literature to sort of the part where they burn the books the town burns the yeah. books because they're pr- trying to prevent knowledge that probably That's also very, happens in schindler's list well it's also very fahrenheit 451 obviously yeah, certainly the part where uh the love interest for david slash bud gives him the apple and like sort oh, of yeah. offers him to take a bite is very much you know the yeah, original like sin and adam and eve yeah. yes so there's a lot of that stuff going on in here too. I agree with you. The first part, if I promise you, that first 15 to 20 minutes, cringy. if you don't understand what it's doing, it is cringy. It yeah. is 100%. But then when you know that that's what it's supposed to be doing, it's less offensive, but it's still, you're like, wow, this is rough to sit through. It's yeah. rough to sit through. Um, I still but, give it eight black and white TVs out of 10. But the rest of the film is you're exactly right it's very well done lots of important themes i think great themes that are tackled in a clever way it's kind it's fun to see the nods back to our past and to our culture but then also to have important lessons sort of for the way that we that people change and the way that we accept progress and sort of those that sort of thing um and that's why i thought that it was an important movie that we should talk about i also feel like i think it's kind of under underrated and it's not a it's not the best movie ever i didn't think it was gonna be this good based on the information that i have received about it but if plato has taught me anything you can't trust your senses you can only think through (laughs) things with philosophical reasoning and i did not reason that this would be as good as it was it was better than i thought it would be it's not the best movie that's ever been made certainly but it 
does well for what it's trying to do. Yes, and also the color thing. Only one movie was ever going to get away with doing this in this way. Oh, 100%. And they got it done, and I like it's it very a cool. lot. And it's I like very all fun the concepts. art. There's a lot of yeah. very beautiful art in the movie that's just referenced for your knowledge. If you hadn't seen a lot of those famous pieces, and they make a lot of just really good-looking nice art and to see it contrast against the black and white is just a fun sensory experience oh yeah the way that they it. do a lot of that is really cool yeah um one thing that also doesn't necessarily get talked about a ton but there's a lot of uh, there are a lot of talented actors in here too yeah, I, think. I think the acting was fairly good throughout um william h macy doesn't really get given a lot of stuff even though i think he's a really good actor he is a good actor um to me it's kind of funny because I never really think of Reese Witherspoon as that great, but I really think Reese Witherspoon is a great actress. Yeah, I think she's given a role similar to this, or it was at one point a lot Certainly. of the time. So it, I like, mean, yeah, it put her into a box, but yeah, I think she's also. But a good well, actress. she she certainly does feisty very well, but also it never comes across as too tryhardy. I think yeah. she's a very natural talent, which there's a lot that can be said for, I think there's a lot that yeah, can be and she said does a for good that. Job, a good job shifting in this movie towards the end. Oh yeah. She becomes a very serious character and you take her seriously and it doesn't seem, it doesn't seem forced either. I think that, I think she has a real gift of subtlety in the sense that sometimes it just doesn't seem like she's acting, even though she is actually doing yeah. a lot with it. And that is really, to me, the mark of a great actor or actress is when they can, pull something off without do without being too over the top or doing too much with it. Fair. Uh, Joan Allen's really good too. We didn't talk about her a lot. She plays the mom. Yeah. She's really good. Tommy McGuire's all right. Nothing wrong with it. Uh, yeah. Jeff Daniels is Toby McGuire. Jeff is Daniels is funny <laughs> in yeah, a way. He, is funny. he does a really, when he's trying to figure out how to break out of his little like quote unquote loop, as we call the Westworld host. He's good at being dumb. Yeah, he does dumb. it with a lot of uh, humor. And um, so yeah, that's Toby really Wire good is too. just kind of a bad actor. He's really just a He's really pony. not that great. Yeah. yeah. I don't know how that I mean, he's perfectly serviceable, but he's really, I mean, we yeah, can see why. He could have been replaced with anyone, really. We can see why he doesn't probably work a whole lot. <laughs> no offense, Toby, if you're listening. It's fine. I mean, you did a good job. I mean, with your with the I talents said perfectly that were bestowed upon you, you did a great job, bud. <laughs> Don't even worry about it, Toby. All right. Thanks so much for listening. We will be back in a week, and I think we're going to continue surprising them. I don't think there's any point in telling them. Don't tell them. Let's yeah, see what happens. I don't also, because then we can pick the movie at the last possible second, yeah, and it doesn't matter. Yeah, that's true. We, don't, we <laughs> haven't committed to anything, which is just way easier. It's 2018. Commitment. <laughs> 2010 the at the most. Yeah, get out of here. Thanks so much for listening. Follow us online at PBMC Podcast on Facebook and on Twitter and email us any questions, comments, suggestions. We'd love to hear them to pbmcpodcast at gmail.com. Review us on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you listen. Thanks to SoundCloud for hosting, and we will see you next time. I'm Eli. I'm Isaac. And this was The Club.